Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I did not get a chance to properly check my microphone. Yeah, that's... Jed, Jed always asks me to cough to check my microphone. And by always, I mean he said it once. Yep. And then every single time... Ever so we, long ago. Every time we record the podcast, I just do it anyway. Yep. Over and over and over again. It's being thorough. Normally not in the part we want people to hear, because we'd like people to keep listening after the first 15 <laughs> seconds of the show. Right. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. My microphone is functioning properly. As is Glenn's, but Glenn knew that. Yeah. <laughs> all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Jed never asked me to cough into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it was so dark. Yeah, the, the the key thing to know is that all of my decisions as they pertain to audio production are ways of sending passive aggressive messages at everyone I know. Right. That's that's <laughs> what I'm doing. So Jed, is the why do you hate of me? all the musicians that Jed records? <laughs> <laughs> can you uh, can you move on on access on that mic so you don't like it? Yes, I didn't, that's... I didn't say anything about that. I just, you have to say it in the mic. I mean, I can rewrite it. No. With the exposure of that rabbit insecurity, I have to uh, take a quick left turn and say that I have an absolutely unbelievable emergency. An emergency? An emergency? Oh my goodness, tell us more, Lee! It's an international emergency. It is a Whoa. Vatican emergency. Okay, I'm intrigued. Is Tom Hanks involved? Is there a uh, schism? Uh, there, there might be a schism. Whoa. Here's like what I'm saying schism. to you. Uh, someone, it's, it's an invasion emergency and it might be oh. a trademark emergency it's wow. certainly a branding emergency okay Whoa. Oh. see when you said invasion emergency i thought the pope was going old school <laughs> yeah. yeah he was getting back yeah. to that good 14th century pope yeah, yeah sort of the borgia with yeah the you're army right and, in yeah that's right so here's the deal is i'm i'm uh, i'm scrolling through the instagrams the you know uh, at some point uh, a week or so ago, and sometimes they have uh, promoted accounts that will just drop stuff. You know, people that you're not following will just mm. you know will just be in the feed. And so there was a, I saw this this uh, Instagram thing that was promoted, and at first I thought it was you guys because what it looked like was Mission USA, but okay. as I looked closer, I realized it says Mizio USA. Um, and M-I-S-S-I-O-U-S-A. And then I realized that Pope Francis was on there, and I'm like, this is a... The Pope is starting something called Mizio USA, which is, mm-hmm. which is like the name of your .org, Mission right. USA, right? Yes. So right. clearly, uh, you know, when you were going to become Pope, he obviously, you know, I don't know if he started stalking you or whatever, but now he's trying right. to take the name of your thing... And in the in the post, he is going to uh, he he is challenging us to build bridges, not walls. So we've got the Mission USA thing, the bridge. This is like Whoa. a full on branding invasion Whoa. from uh, from Pope Francis. Whoa! Clearly, I mean, this has to be hitting back after the whole Pope Awesome thing. Well, yes, uh, pe- uh, people who may be newer to the podcast. We had ourselves a, a Pope shakeup, yep. a while back, <laughs> yep. because we had a guy, and then he he decided he wasn't so into the Pope thing, right? So he put, well, I said, and it was a people were distressed. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so I said, you know what? I'll run. I'll throw my hat into the <laughs> ring. Sure. I'll run for Pope, and then 
you know, then that's, then we're. So you prob- got to take your shot. Yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. Well, uh, I don't know how high in the running I was, but. We may never know. I, yeah. Secret ballot. It's all not. secret. You just puffs of smoke, a whole yeah. thing. I don't know. Okay. But uh, it didn't work out. Right. Right. So here's what happened is they got the guy in there now, Pope Francis. Yeah. Well, he's a real nice guy. Yeah, you know what sure. I'm saying? We like him. We yeah. think he's cool. He's poking from the gut. He's poking from the gut. Which is which is good. I I uh I my theme song for my campaign was Pope You Like a Hurricane. Yes. Yeah. Clearly. And trying to get in that German contingent. Yes. yes. And I felt like that was the that was the message that people wanted to hear. Yes. I would Pope You Like a Hurricane. Because like a lot of popes are like they, they wear the dress and they're like right. real nice and everything. Yeah. Whereas I would be more in your face. Right. I would be poping in your face. Yes. And so... Leather pants, the whole deal. Sure. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, a, white leather pants, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously. You got to go... Sure. The big hat made out of leather as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big leather uh, hat. Leather, leather miter. And then and then you just... Uh, pyrotechnics. You yeah. shoot off the pyrotechnics. Sure. And you got the so, staff anyway. Just here I am. Fire up. Pope you like a hurricane. Pope you like a hurricane. So like I you know like a, a a mullet but because I'm bald it would be skullet you know yeah, sure absolutely. so it's like this was the, the people are dying to have this and clearly. do I recall your pope name correctly it was Pope Awesome it was Pope Awesome because you got to pick a name yeah you know and I and I I thought well that fit Buckingham tradition there Pope yeah. Awesome the first that's right that's right which yeah. is the most awesome that's right you know yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know there was. I got the, you know, like nobody ever said anything. Right. But I got the feeling it's like they didn't even really seriously think about it. Sure. Wow. It's kind of an insult, man. I mean, it or felt, they were threatened. Felt like a snub. But you know what? I decided to be the bigger man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I offered uh, Pope Francis, here's what we'll do. We'll do uh, what I like to call a little bit of good Pope, bad Pope. Sure. <laughs> Co-poping. Sure. That's right. He would po- He would go in and say a lot of nice stuff. Right. And then I'd come in afterwards, Chicago style, to yeah. do a little enforcing. Wow. Exactly right. Sure, it'd be yeah. a real lethal, lethal weapon pope in situation. Yeah, yeah, I'd be like, uh, which one of you would get to say I'm getting too old for this? Well, that would that would be me, okay. you know. And uh, you know, so I would like, you know, like there, like Pope Francis, he likes to give to the poor. That's yeah, a absolutely. new thing. A lot of lot, a lot of Christian leaders don't like that. Yeah. So he would, uh, <laughs> he, he would, he. He wants to get to the poor, but you know, like initially, there were like some uh, places are like, "Well, we like having our fancy whatever." Yeah, and he's like, "I don't think so," but he's too nice, right? So he needed me to go in there, yeah. and say, you know, crack some skulls. Sure, lovely that's vista right. you have here. Shame something happened to it. That's that's that was my idea. Okay, okay. okay. Well, now I'm I'm just gonna say this, and I could be wrong. I got the feeling they never seriously considered that. Sure. Proposal either. Sure. sure, they're a little resistant to new ideas over there. To be fair, to them. <laughs> that's really true. So I'm not sure is this either because this could be one of two things. Okay, okay? this could be, uh, you know, he, he he's trying to get on my thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe have you guys even thought of this? Maybe he's trying to make amends. Wow. To reach okay. Out. Okay. I mean? And he figured the wow. most. The most efficient and clear way to do that would be sponsored Instagram content. Right. <laughs> well, 
You know what you could do? I think, Glenn, I think you're, and I'm, you know what, man? I really applaud you for seeing the positive possibility here. That's right. Absolutely. Because, and, and don't let me interrupt Please. you, folks. But here's what I'm saying is, nowadays, Instagram's how you, you communicate things. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, you would send a, a, a raven. You put a sure. thing yeah. in a raven. I've seen a documentary on that. And uh-huh. then just, the raven flies or, wherever. Or an you, owl. Whatever yeah. it is, you know, what have you. But now was it was the documentary called Game of Thrones? That's that right. You you know, okay. Then it's like like uh, one guy wants to send the so it's like Instagram is a modern yeah, Raven. Ravengram, right? Yeah. That's right. Sure, sure. So that's just you know that's what he's trying to do. Totally. Well, I think that's the right way to look at it. And again, we uh, positivity becomes you. We, that's how we I applaud do. you. We know yeah. it is. Yeah. It's, it's a whole new Glenn. I think, you know, and, and Matt, back me up here. It sounds like the right way to receive this, you know, olive branch that's being sent to you is yep. figure out where is Missio USA, where are they operating, right. and just go be bad Pope. Right. Sure, I just mean, go behind him to the meeting. Exactly right. That's clearly what he wants. Right. So let's just, bada bing, let's get in there and do this. Well, I think this makes Thank it, you. you make a good point here. Obviously, Glenn lives in Chicago. The, uh, the, um, the Catholic Church is based in Italy. These are two areas which have uh, distinct and similar ways of doing things. Yeah. And one of those is culpable deniability. Right, right. So is it possible that Fr- that Pope Francis, Frank, mm. um, knows that he can't make the official offer? They can't right, have it right. on the books. Right, yeah, right, right. That right. we reached out to this guy to be bad pope, because right, right, right. the title is bad pope. You're right, going to get some flack off that. Right, right. So we're, we're, we're sending a little signal out there. That's right. Trying to keep it on on the DL, just That's you know, right. rolling. With the, people just scroll through the Instagram. They're not going to stop. People see that little sponsor tag. They scroll faster. Right. That's right. But we know, and the, Lee helped us out on this. Saw the yes. caught this, flagged yep. it. Yep. Sent it to us. So I think it's exactly to Jed's point. You can't. We can't go through official channels here. Yeah. That's right. You just got to show up places and start bad poping. Yep. Right. Where do I go first, y'all? Well, there's well, a lot of. Please, Lee. Well, what I was going to say is we need to. Uh, we. Obviously, need to get our say that super fans to keep their ears to the ground for other little uh, subtle messages that little Frankie might want to send out, you know, right. to to Pope Awesome. That's right. You the know, enforcer. I mean, you know, in in some sort of way, you know, probably, uh, you know, I think at this point, maybe just wherever I go, yeah, sure, I should just start bad poping, just bad poping. You know. But clearly, though, part of what we need is a bad Pope signal, right? right? And right. we can shine it into the night sky to summon you right. if your services are right, needed. Right, 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 right. Then you get in there. But that also means we need a bad Pope suit for you. Sure. Well, well I, I have a suggestion on the signal. Please. We, we have before. We, we thought about what would – because we, we thought it was going to happen. We had to figure out what, what would bad Pope do different than regular Pope. Right. <laughs> and we pretty much landed on um, sunglasses. Right. Mirrored aviator sunglasses. Yeah. So I think the outline of the miter, but with the sunglasses on. Yes. It, right. Wow. That's your bad Pope right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I get in the bad Pope mobile. Exactly sure. right. Which is like the normal one, but black. Yes. That's right. And then, and then, and tinted then, the little Pope bubble in the back. Yeah. You Absolutely. can't see in there yeah. at all. Yeah. And, uh, but he sees you. Yes. Yep. Bad Pope sees everything. He sees everything. And he's, you know, he's, now what happens is bad Pope. And he comes in, terrorizes everybody. Yes. No doubt. Okay. And then Francis shows up, and he's like, I don't know. What need- happened? Yeah, what happened? I don't oh, wow. even know who that guy is, and I don't know what he's up to. Wink. <laughs> Wink, see? <laughs> and then that's like, they're like, well, that's good, because that other guy was really bad. And he's like, 
Yeah, I don't even know him at yeah, all. Yeah, we should probably I, work together so he never has to come back ever yeah, again. I, I, I don't even know. I don't even have never heard of that podcast, and I'm from Argentina. So I'd be like, you know, that would be how it would go. Yeah, I think and, it's good. And we could do a lot of good. Well, you know, you know what? I, I just celebrate. This just feels like there's so much openness and friendship and partnership. I just think it's wonderful. I yeah. think it's wonderful as well. I, um, I, will, I will close this out on this point. Um, I was doing some quick Googling to try to find out, does Missio USA have a headquarters? And uh, you know what the first Google result is if you type in Missio USA? What's that? It's missionusa.org. <laughs> because we, uh, we, as a nonprofit, we're, we get a little help from Google AdWords. Right. So when Jed and I were setting that up, one of the things you, that we were uh, uh, advised to do by a good friend of the podcast, Christy, who helped us set up a bunch of our uh, social media stuff, uh, expert though she is was find common misspellings like someone might okay. you know, quick type something wrong and you so so uh, i think we we google adword bid on missio usa wow well, and yeah. this could mean this well one level that could mean maybe there was get this relationship off on a bad foot right. on the other hand maybe again is that a little covert message Maybe so. Right. Francis wants people to Google this. Right. What do you find when you Google it? Us. An organization run by Glenn Fitzgerald who there's all sorts of rumors about this bad pope. Wow. We've never seen here we are here at Stately Fitzgerald Manor. We've never seen Bad <laughs> right. Pope and Glenn in the same That's place. Right. Yeah. But there's no real proof of that. That's just right. rumors in the air. That's right. Rumors and innuendos. Hints. Yeah. Matt, he's he's a hundred air playboy. He couldn't possibly be the bad pope. That's right. <laughs> right. Where would he find the time? He 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 wears a, a tuxedo shirt and goes to <laughs> places. Here's what happens is uh and I'm throwing this out. I know we gotta get on with uh with the, get wisdom. To the wisdom. Just throwing this out there. Should I be trying to reel in the Presbyterians? Mm. You know, mm. and, and really all the Protestants across the board. Okay. I mean, Lutherans gotta be first in line. Okay. Should we be trying to tell them try, time to get back in the in the in the in the flock? Time to get in the fold here. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, because Francis hasn't been stressing on that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we 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 have to. I think we got to figure out what's the mission. Sure. Of sure. the bad pope. Of well, the bad you, pope. You know? If you look at uh, the current uh, trends of church attendance figures. Maybe they would be. Maybe it would behoove them to look at some of the things Francis is doing. Yeah, some of the things he's saying in public. And yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. jump on there. That would be a maybe good you're idea. The ambassador we need. Well, I'll say this: uh, it is 2017, and the Protestant <laughs> Reformation kicked off in the year 1517. So this may Ooh. be a not so subtle hint that by October yep. 31st, yeah, he wants wow. them all back. Yeah, 500 right. years. You had your fun. Get right. back in the house. Right. You're on notice, Protestants. Right. It, yeah. You've had a good run. Well, with that, I think it's time to uh, to call a very, very uh, intense and you've been warned emergency off. Wow. Indeed. Woot. I think to, to Lee's point, it is fair to say that when the Protestant Reformation kicked off, it was your, uh, your Martin Luther's, your John Knox's, your Calvin's, these type yep. of people kind of you know risking life and limb to... White, your Wycliffe's and whatnot, risking yep. life and limb to bring the word to the people and do the whole thing. And um, 500 years on, we have, you know, the people who are in charge now. And that's nice. <laughs> so yeah. you, you, you judge for yourself whether or not this experiment is worth continuing in on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Not going to name any names, but you know the names I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to quickly move on. Speaking of uh, scrappy 
young group of folks who are trying to do things a little differently. I'll let me tell you about Bridgebox. Ooh. I think that if this if the internet and uh, Dropbox had been around in 1517, I don't think uh, Luther would have nailed the uh, the theses to the door. I think he would have uh, put together Wait, a so MailChimp list. The theses, that's theses, right. Theses, yes. That's right. Uh, could have been both. You never yeah, know. You're so happy with yourself. Yes. <laughs> One of those would be hard to nail. Go on. It really depends on your diet. Is <laughs> it a diet of worms? There's a, <laughs> wow. Nicely. Wow. History really nerd not points. Not making any more jokes because Jed wow. just won that run of yeah. jokes. Thank you. That's I, I gave Thank an you. actual fist bump That's to pretty that. rare. Thank that you. Normally that involves gambling. <laughs> <laughs> so I forget where I was in this bit, and I don't think it's worth continuing on because Jed so thoroughly won it. Uh, MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, $8 a month. You get songs, sermons, Bible studies, lots of cool stuff. That's all yours to keep. You can head on over to MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox to get some samples, check out what it's all about. We hope you sign up. Lovely. All right, we're going to move on to our first question here. If you have this all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can get in touch with this. First question comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, I'm trying out a new church, and this wasn't the whole of the sermon, but part of it is that the preacher said something along the lines of, Every time you use the F word, you are giving up on the chance to hear from God. Okay. I'm going to try that again in the correct voice. Every time you use the F word, you're giving up on the chance to hear from God. Oh, that's good. Wow, that's dude. fair. There's a lot of readings we could do on that, but that's my vision of the way that No, I like that. That's sure. good. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't. I think my yeah. BPM just went up on my guilt bit right there. Yeah. 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 Because there, there's a we we'll get there's a lot of types of guilt from the whole pit and there's still, we all think of the fire and brimstone but my favorite right. is your your naughtiness makes preachers sad <laughs> right that's the best kind of guilt really yeah <laughs> which is ridiculous to me correct but I don't have the reasons or the words to really explain what I thought was wrong with that what are your thoughts on that also I'm going to keep looking for better preachers good call but I just realized how much I adore your bridge service podcast sermons keep on rocking guys. We appreciate the nice words. If you want to check out the Bridge Podcast, it comes out every Monday. You can find that on iTunes or at thebridgepodcast.podbean.com. But so, uh, Glenn, one of the things I'd like to focus on is we have uh, a, real, a real weird thing yeah. that was said in the middle of the sermon. They point out it wasn't the whole of the sermon. Uh-huh. It's not really heresy. I don't know what's right. wrong with that. It's wrong. Can you yeah. help us articulate what's wrong with this idea? Sure. Yeah. I think, you know... it. it if we're going to be fair, and I, I, you'd know better than me whether this pastor deserves a fair... Uh, uh, yeah, we've all, we've all said dumb things from up front that we sure. thought yeah. were going to come out a lot more clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all missaid stuff, and, you know, it just... that it, it didn't come out the way we wanted it to, and so if that's the case here, then there's that. Uh, this sounds uh, a bit north of that. I mean, yeah. this, uh, you know, but... Uh, I think the thing that sounds wrong to you is the idea of you have to behave in order to be on good terms with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, pretty close to heresy. That's yes. heresy adjacent. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't like the idea of people uh, who are, are uh, preaching or, or, or attempting in some bizarre way to disciple me uh, where they're, they're giving me a hoop to jump through, if you jump through that hoop, then you're gonna you you can feel good about yourself, yep. and you can mm. feel like God feels good about you. If you don't do, jump through that hoop, you're not whatever. Uh, and they're setting that up between me and God, and sort of attempting to 
broker that relationship. Uh, that's not what pastors do. Yep. That's not that's not the mission. The mission is uh, 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 God sent His Son to die, uh, uh, so uh, and pay for the sins that you've committed, so that there would be no disconnect between mm-hmm. you and God. That's right. Uh, I am there to connect that relationship. Uh, I'm there to help someone find that relationship, and then help them maintain that relationship. But I'm not there to broker that relationship. I'm not there to negotiate that relationship at all. I don't have that kind of power. Uh, I'm just there with the message. That's 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 what uh, uh, the gospel is all about. Uh, and I um, maybe let me underscore all this by saying I I really dislike the idea of once I was crooked, now I'm straight. Yeah, don't uh-huh. like yeah. that. I don't like this idea of wh- where you're at is crooked. What you need to do is go too straight. Everybody in that building is crooked. Everybody in that, that building has sins. The The ones who are least honest, or least open about that, or at least discussing it, are the ones who probably are up to the most mayhem, because uh, <laughs> you, you got to be hiding something. So whatever. The people who are a genuine... Uh, authentic walk with the Lord are humble enough to let you know what their struggles are. Uh, so, uh, you know, the idea that we're from the pulpit saying, well, you know, you, you need to, you know, the, the F word is a deal breaker in your relationship with God is just right out. Uh, final thought on that is be picky. Give yourself permission to be picky. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at, you're looking at another church and uh, fair enough. You know, maybe the guy wasn't having a good day and that's, that's Okay. But let's give him time to work out his thing, and you you get to a place where you're getting fed. Absolutely right. I will I will add to that. I think there's also give yourself permission to be picky within what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about there's a lot of problems with the idea of eat the meat and spit out the bones. Mm-hmm. But if this is either you know it's nor- he's normally a good preacher, or I like some other stuff about this church enough to keep it in the rotational looking for mm-hmm. other stuff. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with saying oh that was real dumb. Right. Yeah. Like I like most of those dude stuff. That was right. that was real stupid. I'm gonna make a mental note of that and Yeah. It's up to you, as you say, it's up to you to give him another chance or not. Right, right. This idea of, well, he's a good dude, so I guess I can't think that was a uh I'm thinking of a nice word. I'm just gonna go back to dumb because all my other starting with D words get a little uh, sweary at the end. That's <laughs> right. a real stupid thing to say and that's right. that in that could indicate a problem. There's nothing right, wrong right, with right, right, right. There's nothing wrong, especially with these things. That are, there's there's a little bit of gray area if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. There's nothing wrong with saying, mm, I don't love that. I'm going to put that in the, uh, we're going to go into a probationary mode. Right. That's, right. That's, right. That's right. That's right. People get too into that. It's either, that's, we make the jokes about heresy because it's either great or heretic. And it turns right. out there's right. a lot of gray area. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Those. Yeah. And if, it's, if he's been good on other things where you've heard a few other things and, you know, that stands out by contrast, then maybe it is just a bad moment, and that's fine. Yeah, or it's possible it's not his idea. Maybe he's weird about swearing. Right, you know? yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love 900% of passes. He got a real bug up his, his rear end about this one thing. Right, So right. we just kind of... Were you going to say rear end? I think uh, so, yeah. <laughs> he has a, a, a bug up his rear end yep. about yeah. swearing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they got meta there for a second. Sure. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. Um and Jed, a lot of the things that kind of populate those shades of gray are kind of what we would call legalism, which is exactly what Glenn's pointing to here. And I think one of the things that may be confusing our friend here and is weird to us is we know how to uh, 
deal with legalism that tracks. Yeah. If someone says, if you say naughty words, God is mad at you and you're going to hell, that's super crazy weird legalism. We know that. When it's you give up on the chance to hear from him and yeah, we're in a kind of weird kind of vague legalism that's not very doesn't even have the uh, the strength to be hardcore about its own legalism, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. So what do we do with those kind of things of, that's just, that's just crazy. No doubt. It, we're sorry you had this experience. Um, it's worth, because, you know, we have a lot of folks listening to this show that, that are new to their faith, and we're so glad you listened to this show. Sure. Um, let's real quick define uh, what legalism is and means. So um, legalism basically is a viewpoint that says certain things are generally good, and other things are generally bad. So what we'll do is we'll insist we always do these things that are generally good, mm. and we never do these things that are generally bad. Mm. And, and that will be safe. We, we'll make right. laws out of them. We'll make laws out of them. So it is good to be baptized when you become a Christian. Right. Just to keep it safe, we'll make a law that says everyone must get baptized. Right. Yeah. Or else. That way you know you're doing it to, to the fullest. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, or uh, naughty words aren't great. You know what would be make it safe is we'll make a law where no one ever uses any naughty words no matter right. what or exactly else. Right. That, that making of laws. Absolutely right. And I think one of the things that can confuse new uh, believers about that is uh, oftentimes you're saying it will have a kernel of reality yes. about it. Right. The Bible says baptism is, baptism is good. Right. So everybody should want to be baptized. Then right. uh, Glitter Jed comes along and says, well, we save a lot of guys behind bars so they can't get baptized. So are they like not saved? Right, and then we'll have, 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 look over there, and run away. Right. Exactly. In this case, I'm sure this if it was the full legalism thing, someone would say, "Well, the Book of Ephesians says not to let any any uh, run, unwholesome talk, unwholesome talk come out of your mouth." So we just uh, thought we'd make it, as you're saying, easier by making a list of words that you can't exactly say. Right. Exactly. Part right. of the braining part of that is, I think, you can make the case of, well, it it just makes good sense, but there are some really corrosive aspects of that. There are. Well, here's the, the perhaps the most important thing about legalism. It, it's funny, right, as we're talking about it, you say there's an aspect of it that makes sense. It keeps, you know, we're just, you know, rules and regulations that keep people safe and whatnot, except Jesus super hates that. Yep. Like, yeah. he's really, really not into that. And what the Bible says is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Uh, yes. that, that God wants us to experience a freedom in our lives. And, and actually, rules and regulations are the opposite of that. That's, yeah. that's yeah. not the way that Jesus wants you to live your life. But, Matt, going back to the question that you led off with to me, m- most legalism, there's a logic to it. There's a thing that makes sense. This is naughty. When you do it, you make the baby Jesus cry because yep. it's naughty. Right. Now, that might be not biblical. That might be false. It might be heretical. But you can track the logic of mm-hmm. how a person arrived at this. Right. What we're actually seeing a lot of today, particularly in the Protestant church, and, and this I think is a good example of this, is legalism with no internal logic to it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, things of, you might have heard people say things along the lines of, like, when, when you sin, like, God can't stand to look on sin, so right. it's like, he has to turn his face away, because God hates sin. You should be crushed by the weight and, of your sin. And you should be crushed by the weight of your sin. So, the, the thing about old school legalism is it would at least let you know where you stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have you done something naughty? You have, well, then the baby Jesus is crying. That's yeah, that's a chain where, reaction. Exactly right. That's where we're at now. As opposed to, we have kind of free-floating, you are naughty, and God doesn't like naughtiness. So it's not clear if God doesn't like you or just the naughty things you do. We don't know, but the right. main thing is, you're naughty, and God doesn't like it feel bad. Yes, yeah, so there's right. no way to fix it. 
There's no way to feel good. There's no way to fix it. And that's kind of what you're what you're getting here. And I've got to be honest with you. For someone who grew up around a lot of legalism, you've stumped me. You did right. it. You, well, that's you, really saying something, folks. You stumped legalistic Jed because I have no idea what you're trying to say here. Uh, and, and that feels like an accomplishment. I mean, that's really deeply impressive. The funny thing is that most legalistic ideas, they have a grain of truth into them, in them, and you could actually turn that around and take that grain of truth and say something that would be both true and helpful. In this case, what you could say is every time you pretend you're not angry, even though you are, mm-hmm. every time you repress your anger and go, oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's great. God is good. Everything's great. Everything's fine. Every time you do that, you are choosing not to tell God about your anger and get his strength and wisdom in that moment. You're, mm-hmm. you're choosing to miss out on a gift God wants to give you so that you can pretend you're not angry. That would be a real point. Right. That would be something almost every person in that church is struggling with. Right. It, would be, it would be biblical, and it has a followable internal logic. <laughs> right, right. But here's the problem with it, is it doesn't generate feels. Right. It doesn't generate yeah. emotions. Right. And the yeah. number one thing, this is why pastors turn to legalism, is they want an emotional reaction from yes. the people that are listening. Yeah. Yep. The easiest emotional reaction always comes from guilt. Right. Always. It's right. the easiest if you're making movies, the easiest emotional reaction is fear, so you make horror movies. Right. If you're preaching, it's guilt, so you preach a, a legalistic sermon. I think that's what you're dealing with here. Find a person that wants to shepherd you as opposed to just get Amen. an emotional response out of Amen. you. I think that's a really, really uh, good point to to uh, kind of move this here. And Lee, I'd love to go to you on this. Um, there is, again, there is a kernel of a point here that I think the pastor was not trying to make, but I think there's enough of it in there, especially in the free-floatingness of it that Jed has described, that is maybe part of why we're confused. And I think this is a good case study for a lot of legalistic points. Um, if you say, there, there, so the Bible does say, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. What it doesn't mean is uh, to use a small list of socially unacceptable words uh, yeah. makes you an outcast from the church. Yep. And I, But I think what's happening here is could be, and often is in these legalistic uh, organizations or situations, both, where people don't know what the actual thing means. Yep. And that leaves the door open for this kind of stuff. Yep. Because mm-hmm. this is actually directly contrary to what the Bible teaches, what the New Testament teaches about prayer, which right. is just let it all out. That's exactly right. But there's also these couple of things about, you know, unwholesome and all that stuff. So what what's the reality of what the Bible teaches about language as it uh, pertains to our walk with God? Mm-hmm. And then how does that help us maybe immunize, immunize itself against this kind of stuff? Well, one of the things that um, it's interesting because there is a uh, there's a verse where Jesus actually says, and 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 I have to say, I grew up in a legalistic environment as well, and this verse that I'm about to quote was a verse that was weaponized against me to make me feel guilty about everything all the time. But there, but it's a really interesting verse because Jesus said at one point, "Out of the heart, the mouth speaks." Okay, so the stuff that you say, it comes out of what's inside you. It comes out of the real way that you're feeling and the real, you know, gunk and frustration and anger and fear and whatever is inside you. That's what's going to come out of your face. Uh, like I said, that was a that was a verse that was you know that was used against us to make us feel. So don't you feel bad for all the naughty stuff you say? And at the time, I was you know, uh, listening to Easy e on my Walkman and so, um, and trying to learn all those raps. And so it was like, whoa, yeah, I guess I should feel terrible or just 
pretend that I care about all this. And, um, but the real thing is going, that's going on here is that Jesus both says that, that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he also says, and I want to be your friend. Whatever you say, I want you to come to me. He says, if, you're, if you are weary, I want you to come to me. If you are burdened, I want you to come to me. He said in a teaching on prayer, I want, you, I want you to be like this. And he told a story about a woman who came to a judge, and she just kept, kept going after him, kept going after him, kept going after him, until he finally was just so worn out. And he said, I've got to give this woman what she wants so that she doesn't keep beating me in the face and giving me... The Greek word is that she gives me a black eye. And he, and Jesus said, that's what prayer that I like looks like is you coming before God with all of the passion, all of the stuff that you're feeling, all of, all of the anger, all of the frustration, all of the confusion that you can go to him with all of that uncensored everything. He knows it all anyway. And just come to him with all of that stuff. The scriptures are full of, of just people pouring out their hearts, venting their emotions to God. It's like the entire book of Psalms is uh, people that feel oppressed, people that feel angry, people that feel dissed, they feel that things have been unfair, and they're just going off. And sometimes they go off straight to God. And God has forever enshrined that in his holy word. This is how this relationship works. The last night Jesus was with his guys, he said, I want friends. That's what I want. And friends can talk to each other and friends can share their hearts. Yeah, Jesus said, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. But he also said, and I want to know your heart. And he came to, he came to pay for it. He came to, to get to know you. One thing that, um, that we should say, just, to, just so that you're clear, about the theology that you heard from, from this sermon is that the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 5 that the Holy Spirit is always pouring out the love of God into your heart. So when somebody says to you, if you say certain things, then you're not going to be able to hear God or whatever, that is, dire- that is directly against this idea that God is actually always pouring out his love into your heart. He's actually always talking to you. He actually always wants to be close to you, always wants this relationship. And you being honest is not going to hold that back. In fact, uh, the book of 1 John talks a lot about being uh, the difference in being walking in the light and being in the darkness. And it's all about honesty. You being who you honestly are. That's the prayer that Jesus is interested in. That's the friendship he's interested in. And that's what he wants to have with you. That's a really, really good way to cap that off. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says, How do we know the difference between God telling us no and wait? If there's something that we have prayed for and obstacles pop up, how do we know whether those obstacles are a sign from God that this isn't the path he wants for us, or if those are just hurdles that we need to get over as part of our own process? It was a really, really good question. really lays us out pretty well. So, Jed, where would we start off with this? Great question. I'm really glad you wrote in. Um, let's start here. The difference between wisdom and direction, because those are actually two very, very different things. Direction is asking God, what should I do? And wisdom is asking God, why? Mm-hmm. For what purpose? To what end? Right. How's that, how's that going to work? Wisdom, the, the definition we use around these parts is that wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Um, if you, most Christians uh, are very strong on asking God for direction. God, show me what to do, which is great. That's really good. You, you should be praying for that. But the funny thing is, 
it can be very hard to do what you're being asked to do or even know if you're doing what you're being asked to do if you don't have the wisdom piece to go along with it, that, that bigger picture sense of why we're mm. trying to do this mm. and, and the direction, the, the, the broader picture, the broader context. You know, one of the things that, that missionaries joke about a lot is people will, will pray, God, you know, what would you have me do? And, and the Lord will lead them, go to Africa. And they will go to Africa without ever bothering to ask God, what do you want me to do once I get there? Right. What, that's what's, right. Why, why am I going there? For what? <laughs> right. Um, well, this is the thing is, uh, it, it's a very perceptive question you've asked. How do you know when God is telling you no versus wait? You, you know, in other words, when are obstacles a deal breaker versus just part of the path? Here's, I'm sure I can speak for all of us on this podcast when I say, God has never asked me to do anything that's gone smoothly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, it, there's a there's a common thing in Christian circles of saying you'll know it's God's will if it's smooth. That's never been my experience. <laughs> oh, me neither. Have you guys ever uh, heard of Joseph or yeah, any really. of the Josephs? Really, any one of those Bibles? Things went smooth for uh, yeah. Jesus in his ministry and the apostles in their ministry. Well, it's like five minutes in there it was super smooth. Yeah, sure. totally Moses and the back. Israelites walked directly to the Promised Land. That's right. So, given that. The idea of smoothness, its that's never been an effective barometer in my life. Right. I, I can put it to you that way. But I think that if we really want to know what do these things mean, then it's about saying, yes, I need direction from the Lord, but I also need wisdom. I need that, that context, that why, that bigger picture. But here's the other thing. If we can get to a place where we're learning how to listen for the guidance of the Holy Spirit on, on both direction but also wisdom, that doesn't have to be a one-time thing. Right? That doesn't have to be a one-time conversation, and it shouldn't be. I think the other thing that a lot of Christians run into is they will, for example, they'll ask the Lord, should, should I marry this person? And they, they will try and get a leading from the Lord, um, and then all kinds of things happen, and six months later, they're, they're still going with the direction they got six months ago. Yeah. As opposed to checking back in, things can change. That's right. Uh, you know, a, a lot, actually, as it turns mm-hmm. out. So... And this actually, if you can dig it, this goes back to what Lee was talking about at the end of our last question. Jesus wants you to be your friend. Jesus wants you to come to him. Jesus wants all of this, wisdom and direction both, to be an ongoing conversation. Um, that You've heard in the Bible that bit about pray continually. God wants this to be an ongoing thing that we're talking through together, that we're sorting out together. He always has more wisdom and more perspective to give you on things. And the more of that that we get from him, the more able we are not only to interpret the events we're facing in our lives, but to have peace about them, to have peace and calm and security and certainty. And that's what we want for you here on the Say That Podcast. That's absolutely right. I think it really is an interesting point. And Lee, if I can get you to uh, to talk about this aspect of obstacles, which I think uh, Jed really covered the uh, the kind of the know and wait very well. This yeah. idea of, to take the specific example, you know, of I really feel a lead from the Lord to marry this person. They got married to someone else. Well, there's not really a play there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that versus, okay, they moved. Yeah. Okay, well, that could be a big, hairy problem. That could be something we need to figure out. So when we hit these obstacles, what are the kind of processes, the kind of things we can pray on? Like, if we're going back a second time, as Jed is talking about, what are the kind of things we can think on when we hit an obstacle? Well, I think one of the things that you've, if you've listened to for a long time, you've heard us say, as you're seeking wisdom and direction from the Lord, we're, we're, we're trying to do that in a few different ways. We, we want to go to the scriptures, we want to uh, pray through that and listen, and we want to have wise people in our life um, that we listen to. I can tell you that for me, um, 
in, in trying to figure this out sometimes, like, is the Lord just telling me no? Well, I'm just going to push through that and make this happen. Um, or is the Lord, or, you know, is, is the Lord making me wait and he's going to answer it later or something like that? So do I, do I wait back or do I push through? I can tell you that the times that I've gotten it wrong, <laughs> times that I've, I've pushed through on my own steam and found out this is really not where the Lord wanted me. Um, all of those times that I can look back on in my life, they all have one glaring thing in common. And that is that really wise people in my life who knew me were throwing up stop signs that I blew right past. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and, you know, that, that, that people who loved me, that people who cared about me, and people who know a thing or two about either this issue that I'm, that I'm going through or, you know, this thing that I'm trying to figure out. You mentioned a mission. You might have professionals, professional missionaries and stuff like that who are saying, mm, I don't know about this process or I feel hinky about this thing or, or with the relationship, you've got somebody that knows you and has seen, you know, the, the, your relationship history and they're going, hey, I've got some massive questions about this process um, and the way this is going. And, and you might just feel like, you know what, I'm not taking a no for anything. I'm just going to blow through this and I'm going to do, I'm going to do this deal my way. I'm going to make this happen. And for me, I know that those, those times that I've, that I've, uh, found myself on the wrong side of, Ooh, God was trying to slow me down. He was trying to pump the brakes and I just, and I just flew right through it. I can always look back and find that there were people who really cared about me, who were saying, I think we need to slow down. And I was saying, I don't think I'm slowing down at all. And so I would say that part of this process, as you're, as you're wondering, am I getting a wait or am I getting a no, is to make sure that you have in your life people who, are, uh, who have walked down the spiritual road before you, people who are experts in the thing, in the field or the thing or the whatever it is that you're trying to get the answer on, people who you trust, people who know what they're talking about, people who've done something, get a word from those people and be willing to hear it, even if it's the thing that you don't want to hear. The more wisdom you can have in your life outside of yourself, it's so helpful to have people who are not in your emotional, um, in your emotional shoes. Yeah. You know, when you have somebody with some wisdom who's not in the feels with you, but they're on the outside and they're still, they're dealing with all the information, that can make such a difference. And so just make sure that you lean into and listen to those voices of the people that you can trust in your life. That is an excellent point, Glenn. I'd love to get you to close us out on this. Um, we encounter, as Jed pointed out, uh, you encounter a lot of obstacles in the ministry and have mm-hmm. your whole career. And there are certainly things where... Uh, the whole no weight thing is is a good example for a lot of stuff, and but there are some things that we would encounter even in the job here where it's clear. Okay, we that was a good idea. We headed down that path, and certain circumstances or people have changed my point where this is no longer a good allocation of resources. Right. And we all right. certainly have, as we talked to the show, personal resources. So, mm. how much of this, as far as obstacles, is that thing of there's there's does God want me to do this or not? And certainly a lot right. of that is just going to come down to listening, and it's hard to substitute that. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, you know, it, it, you could give everyone the advice, uh, instead of asking me, why don't you ask God, and also don't go to that church. Mm-hmm. Th- then you wouldn't have to give any more advice, because, you know, it would appear that you've solved everyone's problems. It'd be a much shorter podcast. That's right. Uh, the truth is, uh, obstacles suck. They suck a lot, and and we don't. Let's not be blasé about that. Let's not skip over that fact. Uh, 
you don't know anyone in your life who's dealt with more obstacles than the people on this podcast. <laughs> so if that's a sign of something going wrong or whatever, you don't have anything worse going wrong in your life than, than, than I do. Also, let that be a stark reminder of what obstacles do to people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's absolutely true. A certain amount of obstacles give you a raw kind of faith. It's, it's not the airy-fairy stuff they talk about in church. It's it's more of the uh, you know the cussing variety or whatever, but uh, no. Uh, generally, uh, not only are, are obstacles not a sign in in that sense, uh, they they may be sort of a well, they may be sort of a, a this is something you want to ask about, mm-hmm. and if you would think of that as a sign, yeah, I mean, it's sort of a pointing to something kind of a thing. But most of the things that, that I would call an obstacle in my life have been here's the, here's the, uh, the stack of, of weights that you need to lift on this Nautilus machine in order to get strong enough in order to do the thing that I'm calling you to do. So I'm calling you to do this thing, but then I'm putting an obstacle in your way, yet in order to get the strength and the character to overcome that obstacle, or once you get the strength and character to overcome that obstacle, you will have what you need to accomplish the thing I'm asking you to do. Mm-hmm. So over time, you start to think of the ab- obstacles, so to speak, as part of the process of doing the thing that he's asking you to do. So you you wouldn't necessarily think of that as, oh, you know, he asked me to do this thing and I found an obstacle, so that must mean I'm not supposed to do it. It's That wouldn't track with me. You know? yeah, it sounds like what part of what you're saying here, and I've experienced this firsthand work for you, is that reading too much into the existence of an obstacle is not the way to go. I think if it's fair to say that the way, uh, at least in our work, you view obstacles is more, as you're pointing out, this is a new thing to ask about. Is a new wow. Absolutely. We, Absolutely. We have a good relationship with this facility, with this halfway house, but they're totally overturning leadership over there. Right. And it's a guy I used to know, and he wasn't cool. That's right. not... It's. It sounds like, tell me if I'm wrong here, you're saying it would be too much to say this is a sign from God that we need to stop going Absolutely. over here and more accurate to say, this is a thing I now need to bring into my conversation about this with right. God right. is focusing on this new thing. Right. Right. Now here's where it gets interesting. If I find myself saying, Hey God, you told me to do a thing and I encountered an obstacle. I need to ask myself this question. Uh, when was the last time I asked God for details about this thing that he's telling me to do? Wow. Mm. Did the was well, the obst- that sounds like the voice of experience? Yeah, was the obstacle necessary to get my attention to force this conversation? Yeah, exactly, that sounds like somebody who's had that before. Okay, uh, 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 and am I not hearing enough? If this obstacle was sort of built into this process in a, in a certain sense, could I have heard about that? Like, I'm going to ask you to do a thing, but you have to get overcome this hurdle to get to it. Did I miss that detail? As you were pointing out, the, the, you know, there's that tendency to hear one small detail about what God wants me to do and then say, I'm going to do that one small detail 100%. Woo. Therefore, I'm in 100% of compliance. Mm-hmm. Well, you miss the 99 other details. That means you're in 1% of compliance. So really, it's a weird little head game that we play with ourselves. Uh, part of Part of the the thing here is there just isn't a substitute for listening to the Lord. You can't try and go by signs and reading whatever. 
you have to have a part of your your Christian life where you're 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 stopping and you're you're uh, listening to what the Lord has to tell you in prayer. That that stuff is not super precise. It, it it's very hard to do when you're emotional. You're trying to get some information about a situation, uh, a big decision, something like that. Very very difficult. And yes, yeah, sometimes the Lord will give you something, some manner of a sign that's pretty obvious as a thing. But I think, uh, generally speaking, we have to cultivate a relationship with God where that listening is a big part of that so that we can ask those those more detailed questions as opposed to trying to uh, say, well, if this is difficult, God must not want me to do it. Uh, as, as we were pointing out, the Bible is, from one end to the other of it, is full of people who had nothing but obstacles trying to do the yes. right thing. Yes, shipwrecks and whatnot. Yeah, quite. What as we close out on this one quick example, I will give. Maybe this will help you wrap your head around what we're talking about. So, um, as you know, if you listen to the podcast pretty regularly, both Glenn and Jed are my bosses. Uh, I've heard this phrase from both of them. I imagine they've said this to other people. Do not worry about bugging me with stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. I think right. some of this is, as you're pointing out, what, what's our vision of growing in a relationship with God? I think, in a weird way, and I'm not putting this on because I think we all go through phases of this. It is. Well, I get good enough that I don't need to bug God about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can yeah. see the sign. I can read the thing. Thank you. Right. Yeah. And, and that I will have that competency of knowing what it yeah. is. Yeah. Because there are some jobs, you know, if you if you if you work at a grocery store and you go and ask your manager every day, you want me to put the stuff out now? That's <laughs> that would be ba- that you'd be bad at that job. Right. That's you right. should know. Okay. There's there's no cornflakes. We have them in the back. Put right. them out. Right. But that's not the way this this works. I, right. If you're in a new situation, which we often are in life, if I'm working on something and I hit an obstacle I didn't know, it is it would be a bad idea for me to two weeks later when Glenn says, "How are we doing with the thing?" Say, "Oh, well, I hit this thing and it just it seemed like God didn't want us to do that, so I, just I just nixed right. it." Right. Yeah, so, well, well, you didn't yeah. ask me, and I say, so I say, "Or I I hit this obstacle and I would assume that would take too much time, so you didn't want me to do that." Right. Right. Where if I come to him and say. We're doing this thing over here. Here's what changed. Here's new circumstance. Uh, there's every chance, Glenn. I say, yeah, that seems like a lot more work than we actually want to put into that. So let's let's right. let's not do that right. for now. You know, whatever right, it is. Right, or right. maybe, oh, well, you, you here. Let's do this instead. Let's go around this. So that constant checking in is not a, a fault of your ability to listen. Listening leads to more listening. Absolutely, which right. is kind of an odd thing about the mm-hmm. way we talk about listening to God. But it, the better you're doing at it, the more you have to yeah. do it, which That's is right. a little odd. That's right. We're going to move on to our final question. Sure Here it good. comes in anonymously to our Tumblr box, and it says, this didn't come in anonymously to our Tumblr box. I'm giving credit or blame mm-hmm. where it's due. This came into our email address, say at com from our friend uh, Bradley P. Warren down there mm-hmm. in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it says, Many of us listen because we love your approach to ministry and want to learn from it. I was wondering if you would be interested in spending time talking about mistakes you've made in ministry Mm. and what you learned from them. Basically, you might have thought this would be a good idea, but here's why it's not. This is a very good corollary to the listening question. Yes. So I I think this is a great question, and Brad and I talked about this in person. Um, That idea of seemed like a great idea at the time. Right, right. No. Right. And here's what I learned from it. I I love that idea. Lee, do you have a, anything that kind of leaps out as a good example of this? Keep in oh, mind, there, there's oh, a the finite... Yeah. All of us keep in mind, there's a finite amount of storage right, on these computers. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, this podcast could last for the rest of the time. This is such a great question. This is the exact right question to ask um, people that have been in ministry for a long time. Um, such a great question. 
the thing that um the the thing that leaps to the 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 top uh for me in my experience in my ministry career is that early in my ministry career and I think everybody's susceptible to this I certainly was um when like the people that I was reaching out to when they would be growing and growing and then they would fall off in some way um I would look at that as a as a slight on my reputation as a minister. In other words, I would internalize the backslides of the people that I was ministering to. I would, I would see their sins as my fault. Um, and therefore, basically, I was tempted to feel, uh, you know, personally hurt, you know, by them. So if I'm, if I'm working with this kid and he's doing great, he's growing and everything, and then we meet together and he is, re- he has really fallen to pieces, then I could see that as a personal betrayal almost. Like, he, you like you, dude. You like betrayed me, and 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 what I'm doing in that instance is, I'm so afraid of people sinning, um, I'm so afraid of people falling off, so afraid of people backsliding, and not just for their own sake, but because I am looking at my own reputation as somebody in ministry. The better this thing goes, the the better I am at it. You know, I'm doing a good job now. That's how I know. That's how I measure this thing. And what happened is when I would do this, it basically would send me into a completely, like a tailspin of a completely unclear way of thinking. So when I would meet with somebody, instead of being uh, strategic with the problems of their lives, I was emotional. Mm -hmm. And that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Instead of instead of being there for somebody, instead of being understanding, I was I was listening to people in a fear based way, because I my success is all wrapped up in your success. Mm. We're tied together now, and so I, I can't even I can't even look at this thing without having my own stress over how you're doing. Um, this th- this if if you get into that kind of a thing, what happens is it affects the way you preach, it affects the way you teach, it affects the way you listen, it affects the way that you think, it affects the way that you read the Bible. Everything you you can't see anything the right way up. In other words, if this thing is about me, then my whole ministry is going to be affected. Everything about it is going to be affected. My time with the Lord is going to be affected and everything. And so what I'm trying to, I I think I've grown a lot in this over the years. What I'm trying to do is to take myself out of the equation and just be there for people. Not to be stressed out when people sin. Not to be surprised by people falling off again. To be able to look at that as the most natural thing in the world. That when people screw up, that's their best guess of how to do this thing. They're, they're doing their best guess. And because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get the right goal. The goal is not that I am such an amazing minister that when I preach a sermon or lead a Bible study, everybody just becomes so righteous and perfect and clean because I'm that good. My goal is little by little to help people who want to be helped make it through the next day. And uh, if you fall off again, we have unlimited patience and grace, and we start over. So I think that's an easy trap that people fall into. But I think if you're not cognizant of it, if, if you're not thinking about it, it's very, very easy to fall into. And I know that, I know that I've fallen into it myself. Absolutely right. I think mo- most of us have at some point. I think the interesting point uh, that Lee's making here is there's the aspect of this of a thing you thought would work. I think when a lot of us are starting out, there's the idea that if I take everything that's, that goes bad 
personally, that will be the motivation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's that weird sports thing. Of like he didn't, he, he doesn't, he totally gets super affected by losses. That's how you know he, right. he wants it. Well, they play 162 games a year. If he gets personally affected <laughs> by every loss, he's an insane person. Right, right, right. That's yeah. not healthy. That's right, not right. That's not actually what motivation is. As, as Lee's saying, motivation looks different than we may have thought it was at the beginning. I think that's a, a really, really good place to start this off. And, Glenn, how about, how about you? Well, uh, it's uh, as you say, we only have so much time. Uh, I... I I went with the first three things I could think of as opposed uh-huh. to uh, even the best three because it, uh, in in truth uh, and in fairness, maybe it's worth pointing out everything you hear on this podcast is a result of a horrible, horrible mistake yes. one of us has made. Yeah. Yes. If any of us yeah. ever got anything right on the first try, you would hear about it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, also, I should point out as well that a lot of the stuff that we talk about on the podcast, uh, at least the stuff that I talk about, is from... Uh, my work with pastors where they're making mistakes that I had made previously and I'm sort of seeing it from a different perspective. And, and so that's, that's a big part of it as well. Here's one thing. Um, if you're in a one-on-one ministry situation, if you're in a small group situation, if you're standing up to preach to a room full of people, um, no preamble, just talk about me. The biggest thing I see uh, w- when uh, n- new preachers or young preachers get up, they say, well, last night I was praying, and the Lord gave me a word. I don't need to hear any of this. I don't care how this Just came Just tell about. me what the yeah. word Just is. Just tell me the thing. The Skip. number of bridge sermons, bless and start with, when I first read this topic, no one cares. Just, we don't, we're not here to explore your thoughts or feelings about anything. You're not in this. It's, uh, and that's really what Lee was talking about. Well, I, I believe you have a story about a time that a, a young man— in a juvenile correction facility, yes. made this point okay. to you. Yes, and this, okay, yeah, this is the moment of humility. I, a young guy, young, young, young. I may be uh, twenty-one years old uh, uh, at the time. Uh, I am uh, in a juvenile uh, correctional facility, uh, a, a a maximum security facility, and I am preaching. I am giving the best, the coolest. The most uh, hilarious and wonderful and interesting and longest analogy. Is it nifty? It was nifty. It but was, you opened with it because you wanted to get, it to get the place of honor. I opened with it, and it was long. It was, it was involved. It was great. Sure. It really made the point. In Had a, a narrative way. arc hung yeah. together. All that. Compelling protagonist. And one of the inmates stood up and said, we only have so much time. <laughs> Can you skip to the Jesus part? <laughs> that is the exact quote from that story that rings in my mind, the Jesus part. Yeah. Here's the thing. Well, here's what happens if that ever happens to you, and I hope it happens to all of you because it happened <laughs> to me, so why should you get free? If that happens to you, here's the thing is you pretty much have to skip to the Jesus part yep. because they're bigger than you are. Yep. Uh, yeah. And and here's the thing is I this particular facility – had a setup where, because it's maximum security, you couldn't preach them all at once. So you had to do unit by unit. So that means I had to preach a Sunday sermon six times every Sunday, same sermon. And this is on the first unit. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> so I remember sitting on the stairs going up to, uh, to, to go up to the next uh, you know level in the building, and just my head in my hands like, <laughs> I have to figure out how to be a preacher now that knows what. I can't be cute anymore. Yeah, I, I have to fix just, this. Yeah. 
Um, just, just th- this sermon is not about you. It's about me. Tell, talk about me. Uh, second thing, and please, the, I, I feel like I'm being mean saying this every time I say it, and then I don't say it, and then I regret it. <laughs> no gimmicks, no tricks, no props. Don't sing to me. Don't do it. Just be yourself. <laughs> please yeah. be yourself. Here's the thing: is um, uh, I, because I've had that same thing where I see there's a scene in a movie and it perfectly illustrates what I wanted, the exact thing I wanted to preach about. And I'm tempted, I could do a thing where I could put it in the computer and cl- do yep. a clip and then play it in the. No. Inevitably, I, you will spend five minutes of your 10 minute sermon telling the entire plot of this movie. Yeah. So just, that the final scene has the emotional weight it should. Yeah. It, it's not helping anything. Let this thing inform what it is you're trying mm-hmm. to say. It's, it, it, you're, it's, it's giving you a good insight. So you have to kind of follow that thread rather than just give it to them in that form for them to digest. You have to translate it, so to speak. So, uh, but it's way more important to be yourself than any, that's the main thing I give to, to all the pastors that I work with. Why are you, this, you're this way when I'm talking to you off to the side, I would, and then you preach, you're a whole different person. I don't want to hear the person that you're being when you're up there putting on a persona. Yes. I, I, I want to hear the guy I know. You're a cool yeah. guy. You like you. Just give me you. Uh, last thing, and I cannot overemphasize this, get a mentor. Now, when I say mentor, it's not what you're thinking. I'm going to give you a different me- definition of mentor. Here's what it is. Very quick story. I'm in the middle of absolutely nowhere in a rural Wisconsin. There's a driving range, and this driving range was in such a small town that uh, there wasn't even an attendant. It was put $10 in this uh, uh, cash box, and just grab the golf balls and hit golf balls. Sure. Okay, this was the like honor a, system. Yes. I'm I'm hitting golf balls by myself, which is my happy place. And, of course, someone comes to interrupt that. And it, <laughs> uh, it, it turns out that, that this guy uh, is part of an, a, a, a smaller ethnic community in Chicago that I happen to know some people in. Well, it turns out we know some of the same people. Who, who would guess? And he's telling me about his life. And this is the weirdest thing in the world, but he was really into... Uh, judo. That was like his whole thing. Sure. And um, and uh, and he's he, he's talking about the work that I do and the and and the stuff. And I said, well, you know, I do inner city ministry and so on and so forth. And and he's like, wow, I've never met anybody who's doing that. I said, well, you know, that's there's just not that many people that do it. Uh, and uh, you know, whatever have you. And and I'm I'm talking like I'm just another guy, but I've been doing it for a long, long time and whatever have you. And he said, well, I'm sure people give you a lot of respect then. I said, well, it's, it's just not like that. I mean, pe- not that many people know what I do or what it is or what it's about or what, it, what, what it's like. And he says, well, yeah, but you're, you're the best, right? I said, well, no, I, I, again, I have a lot of experience at it, and there are plenty of people who are as good as I am, but I, I suppose I'd be at the top of that tier. But, again, there's very little competition so it's it's not that big a deal, and you know, uh, you know that that's also not how Christians are, you know. And uh, and he says, no, no, you you are the master. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the master of anything. I'm just a dude. I'm just just like you. He says, nope, you are the best at this. You are the master. I bow to you. And then he bowed, sure, to me, <laughs> sure, in the middle of a pasture in Wisconsin. It was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. Now, here's the thing. I got in my car and drove away at a very high rate of speed, and I thought to myself... Because he might try to judo you out of nowhere. Who knows? This, this guy's, you know. 
but I started trying to figure out what was wrong with that, you know, because it was wrong. And it was weird. I don't need you to be, and it was weird. I don't need you to be. But what he was trying to say is in martial arts, that's how you treat the guy who knows he's the the master, Mm -hmm. you're the apprentice. He knows it, you don't know it. You're showing respect as a way of saying, I need to receive this from you. Most of the people that I know that try and do ministry, particularly that come out of a suburban context, I'm sorry this is taking too long. You're good. They have a way of saying, I basically know everything about everything. Why don't you add a couple of smart kudos on and, and, and smart thoughts? <laughs> and if, Give me your two cents on this thing I already know basically everything about. Mm-hmm. Let's have and, a meeting of the minds. That's right. That's that's most of the when uh, sort of white suburban types ask me for advice. That's the tone they come in with. They're not bowing to me in a field in the middle of, of Wisconsin. There's probably a healthy medium somewhere in between there, but that's the attitude you need to have. Yeah, I think the, the story to illustrate that one is the guy who um, he he had some ideas. He was going to plan a, an urban church. He had an appointment with Glenn at some point, I think. Mm-hmm. And his plan, which he didn't ask anyone about, was I'm going to walk around this church at night yep. in a terrible. Yep. neighborhood in Chicago, yep. and pray. Yeah, just march around walk, it and pray. Have a prayer walk for the... I guess they wanted the building they hadn't uh-huh. had it yet or something like that. Yeah. Um, on your own, seems like a great idea. And I think he came and told you how excited he was about this idea or something. Well, he told it to me afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards. And the afterwards is um, he is being harassed yes. by gangbangers. Yes. And they're... Because they're, um, th- th- they're curious. They're inquiring, why are you here? Right. Which he tells them, well, the church, the thing, and the response, which I love this so much, was, well, you, you got to tell people what you're about. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have been out here throwing, literally throwing things at you, right? If we knew you're a man of God, and they're angry at him, yeah, for putting them in a position to disrespect a yeah. pastor. Yeah, God be angry with us for disrespecting you. Why would you do that to us? Now, here's the thing: if you're just, a, if you're any, if you exist in any culture outside of urban Chicago, that's insane. Right. That's right. We wouldn't have thrown things at you. Right. And cursed at you if right. we knew you were a pastor, right. and it's your fault for not telling us right. that. Yep. Because, right. but you got to find someone who knows something. That's yep. right. Because you can't That's go right. in on your own assumptions. That's right. That's really how that doesn't work out. Yeah. And Jed, you have some close out with here. Sure. the uh, The number one problem facing most pastors is they have people in their church they need to confront. They have someone in their church that is wildly misbehaving, and they need to talk to them and say, this behavior is unacceptable. I think we, you're absolutely right. I think we can even take that out of the pastor context of everyone who's in charge of something. Yeah, if you're in leadership. Be that a small group, an elder board, a youth group, whatever, that's probably going on. If you're in any form of leadership and you've got more than about four people you're dealing with, one of them is wildly misbehaving. In, and I don't mean that they have a sinful lifestyle. I mean, they are do- doing something disruptive to this. They are disrupting the thing that you've been put in charge of. Right. Um, and the only way to fix that is to say, Bob, I love you. Cut that out. Yeah. I, I can't have you doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, it's facing every person in leadership that you've ever met. And it's super duper facing all pastors everywhere. And no one wants to have that conversation, uh, mm-hmm. including me. And one of the key mistakes that I have made is waiting too long to have that conversation. Mm. Uh, a, a phrase that we use a lot around here that I pass on to you is when you need to confront someone, the cheapest price to pay is always right now. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. The cheapest price to pay is always right now. The longer you wait, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. There, There's no way around that. And here's the funny thing. The earlier you have that conversation, the more it can be, hey, man, you know I love you and I'm really glad you're here, but... 
I need you to knock it off with this one thing because right. you know you, you, you're killing me. And have them say, "Oh, I didn't mean anything by it. I know. Yeah, there's yeah, no sure. problem. But just you know, if you could not do yeah. that, as opposed to a thing where they're leaving the church and they're taking right. half the congregation mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. The longer you wait, the exponentially worse it gets. Now, if you're not in leadership, there's a parallel, and that parallel is setting boundaries. Um, similarly, just with your family, with with you know, different relationships in your life. The earlier you set boundaries, the gentler you can be about it, the kinder and softer you can be about it, the more it can be, hey, Aunt Mildred, you know I love you, but can you can you knock it off with that one mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, if this ever happens again, we're never speaking again. Right. Um, but uh, my tendency has been to wait too long on that. That's actually everybody's tendency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it never pays off. Uh, if, if we come to a point that it's clear we need to, to tell someone to knock it off, have that conversation right now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely right. And that, that's, I think that is one of the one the things that everybody else do that has the key aspect of this of it really seems like this is the way this should work. Right. I should give this person every bit of the doubt. I, the worst thing I can think of is jumping down their throat too early before they really earned it. And the other thing that we uh, often mention on the show about that is um, – the cheapest one of the reasons the cheapest price to pay is always right now is you are less angry now. Yeah, mm-hmm. just definitionally, if somebody has done something two times that you think is a problem, you're going to be uh, far less pissed off than once they've done it twenty. Yep, and better able to do that conversation. Mm-hmm. I will I will throw in my two cents here, and it it actually goes back to our previous question. Uh, the chief number of mistakes I made early in both my job I have currently now, and just I did a bunch of volunteer ministry before I came up here. Um, was I kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the, the uh, asking thing? It was having some things backwards. Of I assumed what the the way to really do it would be to have a cool idea, and then go to the people and say how how are we going to pull off my cool idea? Right. Let's all get in on it. Let's all be excited. Right. Um, that's just the the much uh, more effective way that I get things done now is I uh, go to Glenn or Jed or Lee or whoever does and say. What, what what I think we need to do this. What do you think? And they say, "Well, we could do this, that, and the other." And then I focus my energies on the execution, right, of the idea we have all formed together, as yep. opposed to me idea. Then we all execute, yeah, which turns into you all execute real easily if you're not yeah. careful about that. But that that's and part of that is an ego thing. Part of that is assuming people would people will be impressed if I come in with big ideas. Right, and they right. Will, I, that it will save them all this time because I'll come in with the idea fully formed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really good. None of that's gonna. Yeah, no, that's am, the way that works. amateurs are great uh, havers of ideas. Yeah. Uh, professionals can do the execution yeah. part. Yeah, and even if you're wondering to, to Jeff's Jeff's point a little bit about how how do I be a good member of a body and kind of leader? What that is. Get get ideas from the people who ever, everybody or who whoever should be in the ideas, and then here's what bosses love. I'm gonna share this with you: uh, bosses, pastors, elder boards, volunteer coordinators. They love when we've all had an idea, and then they don't have to do it, right? Because you do it. Yeah, that's right. That that's is right. a very good way to win some brownie points. Yep. If you often screw up other things off to the side, as I often do, much like husband points, you have to have employee points. Yeah, that's right. And build them up constantly. That's correct. All right. Thank you so much for your questions. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're take out the song this week. This is one of Jed's worship songs. I think it uh, ties in with a lot of stuff we're talking about. It's a very uh, fun song for the bridge called You Have Better. We take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Bad Pope, awesome the first here. And I want you to know that cussing really puts a bug up on my rear end. Yes. <laughs> you have better for me than I for myself you were sad and up heaven when we deserve hell you offer me things that will not fade away like the love of a father
how to be happy and I don't know how to live and I tried what made sense to me but it was all just counterfeit you have That are fleeting And I want Things that won't last But you Offer forever A future Instead of a That would kill me And I want What won't fill me up But you Refuse to cheat me With anything less than The gift of your son You are better for me Than I have for myself You were setting up Heaven when we deserve hell You offer me things That will not fade away